All right. I'm going to just talk about new treatments for actinic keratoses. <clears throat> um, the one, you know, two caveats are uh, I have been employed by Deuce and Galderma as um, a speaker and as a researcher for them. <clears throat> and I will talk about both. The nice part is those, both their products are competing products, so I don't feel like I'm biased one way or another. Um, so what is an actinic keratosis? And how is it graded? You may have never heard the grading system, but it's really interesting if you go and read the inserts on the treatments, the new treatments for actinic keratosis, they say, well, this is for grade one or grade two lesions, but not for grade three or grade four. So as you know, an actinic keratosis is a papule or plaque typically located on sun-exposed skin. Um, they, they're also sometimes called solar or senile keratoses. Um, I can remember my residency, they said, you know, we don't use senile. They had a lot of things that were senile this and senile that, so we don't, we don't use those terms anymore. Uh, it is often considered pre-malignant. Um, I am in the group that believes um, those that are off the face or on the legs are not pre-malignant at all. They have very little to no malignant potential, but you, you'll see estimates between 10 and 20%. And, um, and, and for me, those are on the face, but not on the, on the legs. So here's a person um, who has a lot of sun exposure, has got the red scaly papules, the vasculature, and these are pre and post treatments. Um, just to kind of give you an idea, um, you know, some AKs through here, treated, same thing here, funnel view, AKs, red scaly papules, treated, how much improvement with just two treatments. So grading actinic keratoses. Grade one are lesions that are defined as slightly palpable, that are better felt than, than seen. And <clears throat> when I'm looking at someone's face, I actually run my hands over their face. And I say, I'm gonna touch your face and run my hands over it. Because oftentimes you'll feel these lesions before you see them or you know, the, they're, uh, they're just very slightly palpable and sometimes you can just give them a little freeze or something early on. Or if you see a lot of them, you can kind of determine it. The ones that are grade two, lesions that are mildly thick, that are easily seen and felt, and then as you go three and four, when you get to grade four, it's that hypertrophic, that what we call a HAK, H-A-K, hypertrophic actinic keratosis. It's really thick, you know, two or three centimeters of, of dead stratum corneum that are built up on it. So the treatments I'm going <clears> to <throat> talk about today are amiquimod, inginol, mubutatate, uh, diclofenac, ALA, and MALA, and new uses of topical 5-fluorouracil, and some variations in between. So uh, amiquimod is a prescription medication. It acts as an immune response modifier. It's marketed under the trade names Aldera and Zyclera. <clears throat> Currently, and now in the US, it comes in a 2.5 and a 3.75% cream and, and a pump. It's indicated for actinic keratoses and genital warts. Um, it's a Q-day treatment for two weeks on, two weeks off. I do it differently. I do either Q-Day or BID, and I tell them to do it until irritation. It's the same way that I do 5-floor uracil. And, uh, and the reason is, the reason I do that, I just had a lady the other day. Um, she'd come from another, per, another doctor. She says, well, I'm using this Aldera, um, and now it's all red. What do I do? And you stop. <clears throat> and so um, the reason I do until irritation, I write that on their script, is all the phone calls. If you start listening to what the nurses are answering, they're answering, you know, I've been using Effudex for four weeks and my face is red and burnt. What should I do? Stop. So uh, I've been using Amiquimod or Aldera for two weeks and my face is red and oozing. What should I do? Stop. 
So <clears throat> to avoid those, I write twice a day until irritation, then stop. And guess what? No phone calls. So once you get the irritation, <clears throat> if you biopsy that, you have the lymphocytic infiltrate that's coming into the epidermis that's getting rid of the lesions. So my philosophy is always minimize the phone calls. <clears throat> its exact mechanism of how it works is unknown. However, it does, we know that as it gets, um, the analogs that's activated, they, they work through a toll-like receptor 7, um, which, is, which upregulates the immune cells to recognize abnormalities. And then these cells will secrete um, interferon alpha, IL-6, and TNF-alpha, which again, you know, create a local immune response to try and remove abnormal-looking cells. The nice part, they do activate the longer Han cells. The longer Han cells is, is it takes the antigens to the lymph nodes, processes them to get, try and get recognizes and, and activate the immune system so you get a good response. Other cells that are activated by a myconomod are the natural killer cell, the macrophages, and the B lymphocytes. So what, what you're really doing is you're just <clears throat> modifying locally the immune system to try and get a reaction to the, uh, the um, actinic keratoses. And here's a, a good myconomod reaction, a nice strong one. Um, and, and this is, you know, you first start using it. You don't want them to get this strong. Um, you know, that's going to take another two weeks to heal. And so if you, that's why I say until it gets irritation or irritation plus one day, and then they'll heal a lot quicker, and you're still going to get the same results. Inginol mubutatate is found in the, it's from the, the sap of the plant, Euphorbia mepeplis, and it's an inducer of cell death. So it comes in a gel um, formulation. There's two different strengths of the gel, and they're approved for either the face and the scalp. So um, the face, scalp, and the trunk. So the, the 0 0.015 is for the face and scalp, and the 0.05 is for the trunk. Um, the mechanism of action is unknown. This is Picado, Picado gel, uh, that you may have noticed the reps have been coming around recently. I haven't seen them in a while. Um, I actually was in, um, saw some of these when they were first, I wasn't one of the trial people, but I just happened to see some patients that were in the trial. And it's kind of a plus minus thing, how beneficial it is, and I'll show you some of their trial data. So this is the Picado gel that comes out. Um, the nice thing is it's apply once a day for three days and then you're done. Here's the studies that are out there. And, and pay attention to these studies and the ones for solar rays that I'm gonna talk about. If, if you look at study one and study two and you look at the gel versus the vehicle and you go to the scalp, you know, a 15% total clearance rate for the scalp, 42% for the, the face basically. And so, you know, it's, I always, the reps always come around and it sounds like it, you know, gives you 100% clearance, everything's great, and, but if you look at their actual studies, and there's another study that has a little better numbers, but they're not that great a number. So you're looking at, at, at total clearance, complete clearance in the area treated, you know, 52 to 60% for a very expensive medication. Um, the benefit of Picado, if you look, compare it to the others, you have 5-4-Uracil, <clears throat> and again, the way I use this is I use BID until irritation. That way, if they're irritated in 10 days, they're done. If they're someone who gets irritated in three weeks, they're done. But that way, the, 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 to getting to a therapeutic treatment is based on how the patient uses it and how the patient responds. If you look at a Miquelmod, they once a day for two weeks, and then two weeks off, then two weeks back on, or there's a, kind of a pulse treatment over 16 weeks. 
Uh, Diclofenax is, is once or twice a day for 90 days, uh, but then you go to Picado, it's a nice short three days. And it, it just, you, know, you kind of pick what's going to work, and if you've had patients that, that things haven't worked on, it's worth a try. It's worth trying to see if it'll benefit them. So this is a patient who was treated on their scalp eight days after use, got a really brisk reaction. Um, and it's plus or minus where I, the hard part for me with this is the patients I've used it on, it's kind of been plus or minus where I've gotten a reaction. I, I, can, I can feel very comfortable saying 50% of them get improvement, but it's the other 50% that, that don't or don't have a remarkable improvement. So diclofenac um, is an NSAID. It's taken to reduce inflammation and as an analgesic, reducing pain in certain conditions. This is your solar rays gel. Their patients are treated twice a day for 60 to 90 days. It comes in a nice large tube, 100 grams. There's really not irritation with this. I, I've done this for 90 days, and it's, it, ask your rep to give you and just do it for a, a couple of months. You put it on at night, it's a gel, you wake up, it's a little gritty, it washes off, and it, it, uh, it does soften things, it does get rid of it, it's just, but it's, it's, uh, it's more of a maintenance thing, if you really, the, the way I look at it. It will be if they have like grade ones, a lot of grade ones, it'll be beneficial, some, a few grade twos, but if you've got a, threes and fours, it's not gonna be that great. Uh, the interesting part, again, they have no idea how the mechanism of action is with this, and they don't even know if it has to do with possibly some of the other components within the vehicle that, that have shown that it's beneficial. But again, you're looking here um, at, at total treatment responses, and you know, scalp 25%, forehead 57%, face, 53%, and you know, there's some that are a little higher, but they're, they're in this 50% range. Um, again, so that and the Picado gel are, are very similar, uh, just different treatment time periods. Okay, so photodynamic therapy, I'll speak a little bit more on this because there's more here. Uh, it was a, a, a term that was coined in 1904 by von Trappinger, and uh, it was when they first came out with a chemical they put on the skin, it fluoresced, when they uh, put light to it and, and it caused a reaction in cells. So the, the photodynamic sensitizers that are approved in the United States are aminolevulonic acid and methylaminolevulonic acid. So you'll hear me say ALA or, or MAL, uh, M-A-L-A. Um, the levulon is the one that's approved. That's the ALA from Dusa Pharmaceutical. The MAL is uh, Metvixia and it is from Galderma. It's, Galderma has licensed it from PhotoCure Norway, so it's actually, this is their product, but it's been distributed and it's approved. Both of them are approved for actinic keratoses. The MALA is actually only approved for actinic keratoses in immunocompetent people, um, and the ALA is for actinic keratoses, and they say grade one and grade two. So if you haven't seen Metvixia, do many of you use Metvixia at all? Hands? Anybody use it? One, two, okay. So if you haven't seen it, um, this is Levulon, this is Metvixia. <coughs> you have to keep this refrigerated. It comes in a three gram tube. Um, and then this is the Karastik that you, you've seen or um, possibly have in your office. So uh, most of the cells in the human body can transform the ALA or MALA into a porphyrin. And so um, the, what happens is the, it gets absorbed into the cells and gets um, converted into a porphyrin, and then porphyrins are sensitive to light. Um, what's really interesting and why this kind of works in acne and other things, I'm not gonna treat about, talk about acne treatment with this, but is it, it really accumulates in the sebaceous glands. 
And so you get a lot of this into the sebaceous glands and then you activate it and it kills sebaceous glands. So you can um, improve acne by using Levulon. Um, it is, um, when you're treating, you're gonna treat your actinic keratosis, your kind of superficial Bowen's disease. Um, I will show you some pictures of basal cell carcinomas treated. It's not something I recommend. I used it only in cases of kind of what do you do here. Um, so the light wavelength is very important in photoactivation, obviously. Um, the SORET band is a band that we talk about in dermatology from 405 to 420. It's where the porphyrins are activated. For porphyria, this is the question they ask you on boards, what you have to know. Um, and and these, these is, the interesting part is there's the Blue U device that's approved for it, and there's the activation by the red light for MAL, but you can use other light sources to activate it. They're just not approved. Galderma did get into a little trouble because they were using the Omnilux, recommended to use the Omnilux with their product, and it wasn't FDA approved to be used with their product. So they were, they were saying that, but the FDA said, hey, you can't say that. Um, just know that uh, there's several different wavelength peaks um, that I'll show you in just a second. Um, the SORET band is the highest peak for porphyrin, and then you get these other bands. So the blue light hits at the SORET, and then the red hits at these other peaks. Um, this is a type 2 photochemical reaction, which means that when it's activated, it gives off an oxygen singlet. So once this porphyrin is activated, it releases, releases this oxygen singlet, and it's right in the mitochondria. So it destroys the mitochondria in the cell, and the mitochondria, as you know, is the, you know, the energy-producing aspect of the cell. The cell dies if you kill the mitochondria. So um, that's really important to know. It'll induce apoptosis or necrosis. Apoptosis is programmed cell death. Necrosis is un 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 unprogrammed cell death, if you're wondering why, what the difference between those. Okay, and this is the singlet oxygen. You put the ALA on, it gets converted to porphyrin. You shine the light on it. You create the singlet oxygen uh, that is very destructive. It's like, you know, hydrogen peroxide inside the cell, in a sense, and it destroys the uh, mitochondria in the cell. Okay? So photodynamic therapy, um, it's a... There's several uses for it. You can do um, ALA and blue light, and we'll get AKs. You'll get photorejuvenation. You can use an IPL to activate it. Again, same thing. You can use a, a, a pulse dye laser to activate it, and you'll get, again, AKs and photorejuvenation. And for the MAL, you can use the red light, um, and again, it's for you know, treating AKs and photorejuvenation. So here are the light sources and their wavelengths. Um, so, you know, there's your porphyrin in the red, here's your blue light here, and then your red light's gonna hit down in here, one of these peaks down in here. So it's real important to, to make sure that you use the right wavelength. Um, and an IPL is, is, if you're using the right one, you wanna make sure you choose wavelengths in this area. If you're choosing, you know, 800 or higher, it's not gonna activate your ALA as well. You'll get most of your activation from the lights in the room. So just if you're going to activate, just make sure you're picking, you're uh, limiting your, your IPL to that 400 to 500 or 400 to 600 wavelength. Um, what's important to know about blue light epi um, thickness, uh, the epidermis is less than two millimeters thick. It's actually very thin. So you look at your penetration of your blue light and your red light, you know, your, your blue light's going to get epidermis, superficial papillary dermis. Your red light's going to, you know, go full thickness through the dermis. Uh, and penetrate deeper, and that's why you know they have used MAL 
uh, for treating basal cells because you do get it uh, down into the uh, dermis, the light penetrates to that depth. Um, disadvantages of PDT, incubation time. Um, so it's not even classically, you all incubate for an hour to two hours, but if you read the insert, it says you have to incubate for 24 hours. It hasn't been approved yet as a, an hour incubation, though we all do it. So when I first started doing ALA, we'd put it on and they'd come back the next day and they'd get light on them. And that was really kind of difficult for the patients in the sense, you know, I gotta come back 24 hours later and, and be sun sensitive. And so, um, so classically ALA was, you know, 24 hours, 14 to 18 hours. Mal is, you know, greater than three hours under occlusion. We're still doing that. Um, when you put it on, you have them come back. You can go less, but if you're treating a, a cancer, you want to at least do this. Uh, there's a lot of pain with it. The healing time can be prolonged the longer the um, incubation time. So recent advances of the short contact drug incubation. Most people are in the 60 to 120 minutes, 60 minutes for face, 120 minutes for arms and legs. Uh, it's less painful, it's a faster treatment, there's minimum downtime, and again, uh, multiple light sources that are available for your use. Targets for ALA-PDT are the actinic keratoses, it's gonna be the oxyhemoglobin for the redness, and the melanin for the brownness, okay? So it'll get into those cells and, and affect those areas. So this is just some pictures of ALA treatment, befores and afters. <coughs> Excuse me. And you can just see the, the you know, improvement in the nose, the cheeks, nice improvement here in the cheeks. Um, <coughs> the, the, the thing I think about when I treat actinic keratosis or treat the skin is what is gonna make the skin better or what is gonna make the skin worse? And I don't, I freeze very little. I use very little liquid nitrogen. You know, liquid nitrogen does not improve the quality of your skin. It actually it causes a decrease in the quality of your skin with the scar formation and everything. So I use a lot more uh, ALA. I use a lot more um, light hyfurcation, things like that, uh, because I don't want to see, like this lady has all, all the white scars and, uh, and everything. This is more of just kind of see the redness. You can see some improvement in the redness. Um, this was, uh, again, redness and brown spots. And there's one here that was just done, a, this was just for photo rejuvenation. Uh, when ALA came out, it was really kind of pushed as a photo rejuvenator. And I think this is just a good example of a realistic expectation. You can do photo rejuvenation with ALA. You can see how much better her forehead and cheeks are, but at the same time, it didn't clear every brown spot off there, and she may or may not be happy based on whether you have a pre and post photo. So. So what it's approved for, the indications for ALA in the United States and Canada is the treatment of non-hypertrophic AKs in the face and scalp. And MAL is for the same thing except for only in immunocompetent patients. That's the only difference between the two um, uh, indications. So um, the, a two-part treatment. Um, this is the blue light you've seen. You may not have seen a, an actolite. It is a red light. Um, the benefits of the blue light is it covers all the way around the face. It, it gives you a consistent energy through that whole curvature. Uh, the red light is a much smaller area. You can kind of imagine it just covers a forearm. So that if you're doing the face, you have to treat it like three times uh, as you move the light around. Um, both ALA and MLA are, are uh, physician controlled. With ALA, there's no lesion debridement. With MAL, you have to debride the lesion. With um, ALA, there's no refrigeration. With MAL, there's refrigeration. And you can't use nitrile gloves um, with um, 
um, I should say you have to use the nitrile gloves. You don't want to use latex gloves with the mal because it'll degrade the latex, and you want to use nitrile. Most people have not, are using nitrile now in their offices, so um, that's just something to be aware of. Complete clearance. You do have a, a high clearance rate here, as you can see, when you get up with, with either one of these two. These are with ALA, but MAL is uh, basically, I'll show you a little study later on, has the same benefit as ALA. You're going to get, you know, uh, 70 to 80 to 90 percent clearance in that, um, depending on the number of treatments that you do. And again, these are all people that were treated with grade one and grade, grade two AKs. That's what they were following. So, and then you can see that this, this is, is maintained over a 12-month period uh, where the, you're still maintaining, 60% of the people are maintaining a, a long-lasting response and clearance from their, their AKs. So, um, I'll skip that. So, ALA PDT complications. So, um, when I tell people they're going to have ALA or PDT done, I said there's, there's two kind of extremes. One is you're going to have it done, and you're going to, you're going to come back, and you think, I, I didn't, nothing happened. My face didn't change. I, don't, I didn't peel. I didn't get red. I don't think anything happened. But then if you go and feel their skin, you'll feel how much softer it is. A lot of the, the grade 1 and grade 2 lesions are gone already. And that's why I feel is if I'm going to do blue light, I want people to know that you know, I felt it. I want to see what it feels like beforehand, and I'm doing it appropriately. The other extreme I said, and the other extreme is that you're going to get a a terrible sunburn reaction. It'll be like a really bad sunburn, and you treat it like a really bad sunburn. Um, you put ice on it, you can take anti-inflammatories. Um, if they're really bad, I've had to give people steroids topically and orally. Um, and so uh, most people are not those two extremes, but if they hear both the extremes, uh, most of the people are in the middle. So, and if they've heard the one where it might be the worst sunburn ever, again, it saves the phone call. Uh, you get one or two phone calls every now and then for a PD patient. But when I didn't tell them that, I used to get a phone call all the time, I'm red, I'm red, I'm red. And so it just helps you there. So this is a, a nice, strong reaction. And if you watch, you keep notice that scar, you'll notice that it is the same person. Um, you see how strong a reaction she got. And this, but then at the end, you can see how nicely the redness and brownness have cleared up. Uh, the scar is still there, looks good. You can see the difference in her cheeks. I mean, if they get a really strong reaction, they're going to have a really good response. Um, the hard part is to get them to do it again. They'll, they'll, more often than not, they'll say, I'll never do that again. So you can see she cleared up just fine. So uh, the molecular effects of uh, PDT on photoaging, it's just been shown by this study that not only does it get rid of your actinic keratosis, but it increases your pro-collagen. Uh, which is a photorejuvenation effect. However, uh, within six to eight weeks, that pro-collagen is returning back to baseline. So you, you need to think about when you're doing sun-damaged skin, how you're treating it, what you're going to improve. Um, this is an ALA and blue light treatment for basal cell carcinomas in patients with uh, basal cell nevus syndrome. Um, what they really looked at, to just kind of put this, um, they did two courses of blue light on these lesions, one week apart. And uh, what they saw was, um, um, excuse me, let me go back to previous, is that, uh, you know, about what we get, you know, that 80% clearance rate uh, by treating them with this. So it's not really a great way to treat basal cell carcinoma unless you really don't have an option. This is where they looked, they compared um, ALA and, and MAL with a basal cell carcinoma and excision at eight weeks. 
And um, they really found that the groups were about the same. You know, so it didn't really, ALA or MAL didn't give a benefit, though there are way, reasons to use one over the other, and we can talk about that at the end. So um, then we look at this. This is MAL-PDT. This is the study that using MAL-PDT, looking at multiple AKs, and basically what they found was um, MAL was superior to the vehicle, but again, you're looking at um, adverse events or MAL, but you're looking at the same type of improvement as um, you see in other studies. So when they compared MAL doing this study with ALA, you know, 86% versus 89, 91%. So they, they really found that it's, it's very similar using ALA or, or MAL. Okay. Um, actinochelitis, uh, MAL works a lot better for actinochelitis than, um, than ALA does. I don't use it too often, but often uh, when I do use it, it, it's just, it works great. So, uh, you know, here's the actinochelitis. You put the MAL on. This was photoactivated with a pulse dye laser. Um, and then you can see how nicely it's healing and it's, the ulceration's gone. It still has some healing to do. Um, these were like eight-week follow-ups, but it really clears off that lip. Um, if somebody's really severe, a, a vermilionectomy always is a good idea. So uh, these are some MAL-PDT patients that I used for basal cell carcinoma in a study. So this was a superficial basal cell carcinoma recurring in a scar. Uh, we didn't do Mohs, so you, you have to cure it. You cure, numb up the lesion, you cure it. You apply the, the MAL. And then we put this around it, and we um, put a dressing over it so that it doesn't seep into the other tissue. Uh, and then we photoactivate it, and it, it hurts. I mean, so if you've done MAL-PDT and you're using it for a tumor, uh, and you put that light on them, they'll start complaining of pain in a very short period of time. And what I tell them, when it starts to hurt, just take your arm out from underneath the light, wait till it calms down, then put your arm back in. When it starts to hurt, take it back out. Uh, then again, it, it's kind of this, you know, this isn't necrosis, it's just a necrotic, uh, not a, it's a scab, but just a really dark scab. They'll get some skin necrosis underneath it, but you can see here it healed up nicely uh, with little to no scar. This is one that was done on the eyebrow. Same thing, applied it, occluded it, shined the light on it. There it is just a couple of days later, healing in nicely. Uh, it does give nice cosmetic results. This was a, a young lady who had a basal on her nose. It was recurrent. These were all recurrent superficials that were sent to us. And they, these younger people wanted to be in these studies rather than have surgery. Um, again, occluded it, treated the whole nose. And you can see she had a, a nice result from that with no scar. I mean, you don't have a Mohs scar. So this is a lady, one of my favorite ladies. Uh, she comes in, and this is her basal cell. And you look, here's a basal cell, basal cell, basal cell, basal cell, basal cell, basal cell. She's got all these basal cells. And um, I said, well, what, you know, what's going on? She goes, well, you know, if I don't tan really good, everybody can see these. So if I get really dark, they, they, um, nobody can tell that I have this. So she tanned like crazy and uh, to cover up her huge basal cell. So um, we did Mohs on this one in a skin graft. Uh, the next picture I have a little blurry, but if you look at the skin around this, we did MAL-PDT here. She had some on her shoulders too. Curetted them, put the MAL on, shine the light on them. So here, you know, here's that with a full thickness skin graft, but you can see how much better her back is here. Um, there were some basal cells here and here, and they're all clear. So it was on her, it was, 
you know, I'm gonna put this horrendous scar here. Do I wanna have multiple horrendous scars on her back, you know? Uh, what other options do I have? Well, I, I chose to do MALPDT. If it recurs, we'll do Mohs. If it doesn't, then, then she's, um, she's got a nice normal back. And, and this actually has healed in really nicely. This is just a couple weeks. That's a split thickness skin graft that we put on there, and she's doing well. A couple weeks later, you can see how much it's improved. So the conclusion on photodynamic therapy is, you know, it's an effective modality of treating your grade one, grade two actinic keratoses. Patients with multiple actinic keratoses, you know, it, it, it doesn't hurt as much as freezing in general. The other thing is you're improving the quality of their skin. You're not only making the AKs go away, but you're getting the redness to go away, some of the brown spots. So overall, they're gonna look better and they'll be happier about it. Um, uh, so it's just, it, it, the, and then the second part here, is it effective in treating superficial malignancies? Yes, is it recommended? No. It, can you use it if you get in a jam? Yes. I mean, I use it when I get in a jam, and that's, you know, once or twice a year is all. Um, so um, photodynamic therapy with a fractionated laser. Um, these pictures, if you look at this, this person had had multiple AKs, multiple squamous cells on their arms. And so what I do is I'll take a fractionated laser, and I'll go through and poke holes in their skin and then put the ALA on my incubation time is then only 30 minutes because now I've got thousands of little holes in the arm, so I don't have to wait for it to penetrate. It's penetrating down into the epidermis and the dermis, and so I'm gonna get a better response. And so you can see the difference. Look at the difference in her arms. We just treated one arm, and, um, and, and then we went back and treated, we're treating her left arm here. And then you can see um, here, that this is, you know, befores and afters. So she came back, and it was almost a year later, and she had one little tiny spot here that was a little AK, and that's the only thing she'd had after a year's worth of treatment. When you do the fractionated laser and then do the ALA, I mean, they really swell, it burns, it hurts. She said, I don't think I'd ever do that again, but it was definitely worth doing because she'd just been cut on, frozen so many times prior to that, and now her arms are normal. And I haven't seen her, it's been about eight months since I've seen her, and, and we haven't done anything for almost uh, two, two additional years. Um, this is if you do it on the leg. Um, the leg, after I do it, it's, most people aren't gonna feel comfortable doing it, but if you make sure you wrap them after they're done, you can see it at two weeks, they look pretty good. And so a little non-photodynamic therapy. So you know this guy comes in, he's got all of this terrible, hyperkeratosis, these hacks, these squamous cell carcinomas, he's got squams on his ears. Um, you know, you, you all have about 10 of these patients, easy, that come once a week. So what do you do? Well, I do what's called a chemo wrap. So I have them shave their head, and you can't, I just did this in a, a woman, it's very hard to get a woman to shave her head, but she had a squamous cell carcinoma that was the whole side of her parietal scalp, and um, She'd already had it operated on several times and didn't really have it operated on, so we did chemo wraps on her. So um, we cover the, the, the scalp with 5-4-Uracil. This is medical paste uh, around it. Then we put gauze over the top of this. We don't put the Coban. Um, if you look at the time frame of treatment, so there's five. Uh, we do it once a week. Uh, here it is at, at two months later. And this clears up quick. Uh, that's the beauty of it. There he is four months later. And so if you look at the previous, you know, all this hypertrophic stuff through here. Um, 
it, it, this one heals up fairly fast. His ears, what's really interesting, he had squames on his ears. They got a sympathetic response where they cleared up. Okay. Um, salient points, I'm just about done, then I'll take questions. So um, I think the thing to get is new treatments don't necessarily mean a better outcome. You know, you look at Picado, you look at Solarase Gel. They, they all have their place, but they're also not as great as the reps, you know, pretend that they are. Um, you know, read the inserts, not the representative. You know, they, may, they all dress nice, they all look good, and, uh, but, you know, look at the inserts to really get the correct information. You know, AKs, you know, the reason we have multiple treatment modalities is it takes multiple treatments like warts. I counted up, I have 16 different ways of treating warts. And the reason I have 16 different ways of treating warts is I, I don't have one that works, you know, 90, 100%. Um, and it's the same way with AKs. I, I personally like photodynamic therapy because it, it improves the quality of the skin. Um, I also like chemo wraps. I do a ton of chemo wraps uh, on legs, particularly, um, and the scalp when, when people ask me to. Um, and just remind the patient well, you know, what they'll look like at their best and their worst. And I think with all these treatments, if you tell them what they're going to look like at their worst, it really alleviates the phone calls you're going to get. And it's about minimizing your phone calls. So thank you very much, and I'll take questions.